Hello, Texans, and welcome to the Fuddruckers Texans Players Show. Mark Vandermeer and D.P. Sidhu with you. Rex Burkhead is our guest today. I want to get right to it because I'm excited about this. Good to see you, Rex. How's it going? Good to see you. It's going well. Going All well. right. Well, look, you're a Texan here, and how does it feel to be back in Texas for a while now? Yeah, it uh, it feels good. You know, of course, grew up here, um, mm-hmm. you know, played Friday Night Light high school games. Yeah. Um, nothing else like it, so... Um, it's good to be back here. I stay here in the off season, and of course, have family close by. All right. When you say here, we want to be precise, though, because it's the Plano area. <laughs> a little bit north. Right? Yeah, sorry, yeah. sorry. Yeah, <laughs> but it's here in Texas, so we're all one big happy family. Right. I think once you're outside of Texas, it's all here. Yeah. It all counts as Texas. I can see that. Uh, before this show started, we were talking about Fuddruckers. This show used to be at Fuddruckers last year because of COVID. We had to bring it in studio this year obviously still in studio and you said you grew up eating Fuddruckers which I didn't know they even had in the Plano area I did yeah um of course you know they had the big old chili dogs in there great milkshakes mm-hmm. um you know my brother and I we used to love going after baseball or football games or whatever going there um I don't think it's still there but it was definitely a hot spot for our family to go to so Plano Senior High School right Yes, sir. All right, take us back there because at what point did you realize, you know what, I'm going to play some big-time college football? When did that occur to you? Was that a dream early on or as you went through high school, was it, hey, I can do this? How did that go down? Yeah, um, you know, definitely early on. You know, I'd always had highest aspirations to play in the NFL. Uh, My father, he, you know, had a couple years where he tried out in the NFL. My older brother was playing football as well. And uh, started getting to high school, um, you know, starting getting some opportunities, playing really well. Um, of course, some college coaches, um, you know, started coming by, recruiting me. Um, Todd Dodge, who was a South Lake Carroll yep. high school coach at the time, um, I played him my freshman year. Mm-hmm. And then he went on to coach at North Texas the following year. Right. And so he was my first offer. He had already got a glimpse of me early on in high school. And so after that, it's kind of kept on building. And I was like, okay, this – this could be a possibility someday. And you're like, me and Green would be nice to stay home, but, <laughs> but I'm going to look around a little bit. Yeah. What is what is recruiting like at Plano High School? Like, I just imagine in Texas, there's just recruiting happening all the time. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you got coaches coming in um, every single day. I remember I was talking to some about, about this earlier because Lincoln Riley's recent move, uh, he was mm-hmm. a receiver coach at Texas Tech at the time. And he would come by all the time. He really? was recruiting me pretty heavily and uh, just, you know, great guy and got to know him quite a bit. But, uh, yeah, even in the, in the basketball gym, we had a really good basketball team. Bobby Knight was coming in and all these coaches. Ooh. So it was pretty, you know, going to a big high school in the Dallas Metroplex, you get quite a few coaches. What do you think of Lincoln Riley taking the job? Yeah, I was surprised. Since uh, you know him. I, I was surprised, honestly. Yeah. You know, um, you know, just growing up, from he grew up in Texas. I always figured he'd be around Texas, at least, yeah. you know, being in Oklahoma. Um, but, you know, it's, it's the best move for him, I guess. And, uh, you know, hopefully he does well. My well, husband, who's an Aggie, was joking that he's afraid of going to the SEC. So that's why he had to leave, which I think is a popular <laughs> Aggie joke right now. I don't think that's the case. No, but it does. Uh, it probably helps things being on the West Coast. And he's got quite a pedigree USC, developing yeah. the quarterbacks. So you went to Nebraska. I did. And it's interesting because OU and Nebraska have that history in the Big Eight. Long ago. I mean, right. this is, you know, before you were born or whatever, Rex. But uh, <laughs> what attracted you to Nebraska at the time? Yeah, um, I really liked Coach Bellini. Bo Bellini, mm-hmm. he was the head coach. Um, you know, he didn't promise anything. He said, hey, you come in, work hard. You're going to have an opportunity to play. And uh, you didn't get that from, you know, every coach you're getting recruited by. And I right. really respected that. Um, you know, of course, the running back history at the University of Nebraska, a lot of guys going on to play in the NFL. So, 
Um, that was definitely something that intrigued me and just the atmosphere. Um, honestly, it really surprised me when I went to Lincoln for my visit there and just seeing the fan base, seeing the tradition, the facilities even um, were just unbelievable and ended up being a great fit for me. We had uh, Malik Collins on a few weeks, last week or the week before. Mm-hmm. We asked him the same thing, like, how did you pick Nebraska? He was also wowed by the program. With, you guys did not overlap at your time, right? You were there, and then he was he was there for the just three seasons bit. after you. Yeah, just right a after bit. you. Yeah. Did you guys have the same uh, overlap of coaching or coaching staff? We did. Um, I think at the beginning of Malik's career, um, he had Coach Pelini and uh, you know the rest of the coaching staff that I previously had. And then I think the switch was about midway through with him. Um, so, yeah. All right. Well, I uh, I did a couple of Nebraska games back in the day. All right. So, and I was with the Miami Hurricanes. We did the national championship in 01. And, you know, when you look at the lineage here, Tom Osborne, obviously a legend there. And running the ball the way they did, uh, you weren't part of that. <laughs> but that must have been attractive to you to see some of the the tape from back in the day and the way they attack defenses with that option game. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Amon Green, you know, mm-hmm. I was a big time fan of his growing up. You know, of course, when he was playing with the Packers as well, just watching him, um, you know, he was phenomenal. I mean, just all the backs they've used, you know, Roy Halu, he was the back there um, my first couple of years, my freshman, sophomore year, just a tremendous all purpose back. And so, uh, it was definitely intriguing just seeing. Mm-hmm. I mean, we had pro style offense at the time when I first got there. And so, I was like, yeah, this this could be a pretty good fit. If you stayed in Texas for college, which which school do you think you would have leaned towards? Oh man, um, you know A and M was in my top three, and uh, I probably would have went there. And uh, that's where my wife went. Actually, she's an oh, Aggie. Oh, so, okay. Yeah, probably. She might like my joke. <laughs> <laughs> How did you two meet? We met in high school. Okay. We met in high school, yeah. High school sweethearts, and you were able to maintain the romance throughout college, <laughs> or did you drift apart and get back together, Rex? No, we, we maintained it, yeah, wow. all throughout college, and then uh, right after my rookie year, we got married. So, Oh, that's two Two boys stuff. later now, yes, sir. I was going to ask you this later, but since we're on the topic of Nebraska, all right, tell me about Jack, all right, the, the kid that you befriended who obviously suffered from a terrible form of cancer, and you were able to make a dream come true for him, enabling him to score a touchdown in the spring game of, what was it, 2013, right? Yes, sir. So tell us how that all happened for you, Rex. Yeah, so it had been uh, my junior year, 2011. Um, I met Jack and his family at the stadium one day, uh, had lunch, just, you know, kind of showed him around, gave him a tour of the facilities, and, uh, you know, we kept in touch. I wanted to keep in touch, see how he's doing. He just had surgery and, uh, you know, just to follow up and, um, you know, Coach Pelini was kind enough to invite him out to a practice. He got invited out to a couple games as well. And so he kind of became like uh, another teammate, uh, you yeah. know, of our team. And, uh, you know, then, of course, the whole state of Nebraska started fi- finding out about Jack. Mm-hmm. And uh, then his dad, you know, created the Team Jack Foundation to raise money for pediatric brain cancer, um, which is considered a rare disease by the government. So it's not heavily funded at all and uh, really needed some much needed attention. And uh, so I've been on the board for uh, the Team Jack Foundation ever since it was created. Of course, Jack's spring game uh, touchdown, like you mentioned, he got an SB award for that. So right. that was pretty awesome. Got an invite to the White House to meet pre- uh, President Obama at the time. So um, now now foundation's raised over $10 million for pediatric brain cancer. That's so tremendous. Pretty, That's, pretty awesome, yeah. It's, it's, it's um, ironic that we bring it up this week because it's my cause, my cleats, and you've been supporting – 
the Team Jack Foundation, like, for all these years. What, what do you think it was about meeting him? I know over the course of your career you meet so many different kids, but, you know, do you, when you look back at that moment, what was it about him or his family and, and the cause? Because as a college kid, you haven't even had kids yet, right. you know, that really struck a chord with you, and, and you've just stuck with this cause and raised so much money for it over the years. Yeah, I, I think just, you know, they were so inspiring to me just to see his attitude and how much fun he was having that day, even though he knew what he was battling, what he was about to go through. And, um, you know, just seeing that joy and it just gave me a new perspective on life. You know, like, why am I complaining about, oh, my knees a little hurt or, you know, my body's aching during practice or during the season when, you know, he's balanced something, um, that we can't comprehend. And so, um, yeah, we just kept in touch. Our families hit it off, of course. Um, you know, very unfortunate this past off season, Jack's dad, Andy passed away from brain cancer. Mm. Um, but I mean, that, that's a strong family. Of course, Bree, the wife, uh, the mom, she's tremendous. And, um, you know, it's been through so much and, uh, you know, Jack, uh, continues to fight every day. Rex Burkhead with us. Look, you're in the NFL. It's a third team played in Nebraska, played big time Texas high school football, but that spring game TD has to be a top football memory for you. Never mind. What it meant to Jack and the foundation and everything, but a football memory because it was so unique. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I remember the night before, I got a call from uh, Jeff Jamrog, football operations guy. And he's mm-hmm. like, "Hey, uh, you know, uh, what do you think of this idea? You know, Coach Bellini, some of the other coaches that come up with it." And I was like, "Yeah, I think a boy from mm-hmm. Nebraska would love to run out in the spring game yeah. and score a touchdown." So, um, yeah, when it happened, I don't think we all thought it would take off like it did, but. Yeah. I mean, there wasn't a dry eye in the stands, out on that field. Like, you guys did a good job, too. It was amazing. I mean, I <laughs> yeah, remember it, seeing that. I mean, that it's like it really went viral in an era where things weren't quite going viral yet. Right. You know? Yeah. They, I mean, I remember before they, they brought him out on the field. They're over there on the board drawing up the play and everything. <laughs> yeah. and, um, you know, they're just hoping he didn't run the wrong way. And I think Taylor <laughs> Martinez at the time did a, r- a good job guiding him on down the sideline. And, uh, yeah, pretty awesome moment. Oh, that is terrific. Rex Burkhead joining us. Okay, so you're at Nebraska, and then you end up in Cincinnati. All right, take us through that whole pre-draft process, what that was like. And I've got some tidbits from Nick Casario on uh, the evaluation coming out, Rex. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a crazy process. It really is. You know, you finish your bowl game, and then you're getting right into training for the pro days, the combine, all that. And, uh, you know, it's, of course, a dream to get drafted on Mm -hmm. game day. And, um, you know, I put in so much hard work, Um, you know, had a knee injury my senior year that I was really just trying to strengthen up my legs again and get back into good shape. And so I was doing that. Then on draft day, of course, I was back in Plano at my house, had a couple Mm -hmm. friends over, my family's there. And, uh, you know, we're just waiting and waiting. And, uh, you know, it got to the point I was like, man, I need to go outside. So I started shooting some basketball, started shooting some hoops in the backyard. Um, you know, that was always kind of my way to relax growing yep. up. And so, um, you know, I get a call from my mom's like, Hey, coach Lewis is on the phone. Like he wants to talk to you. Uh, Marvin Lewis mm-hmm. was Cincinnati sure. Bengals. And I'm like, okay, maybe it's finally happening here. And so you get that call. It's a great feeling. Of course, all the families in the background, not trying to be too loud, but you know, <laughs> high-fiving each other. Um, and it's special. Uh, right, so, you're, wait, so your mom answered the phone. So did Marvin Lewis call on your house phone? Or did you get uh, your cell phone over? I want to say it was the house phone, actually. Yeah. <laughs> What's, What's a house yeah. phone? It sounds like this is a house phone situation. Yeah. If I remember correctly, I think it was. So. Now we can't be separated <laughs> from our phones for like 
five seconds. That's amazing that you were able to right. just separate yourself from that and just wait it out. Yeah. I have a house phone, and I don't know what the number is. All right? That's how <laughs> far house phones have fallen. I, I get annoyed when the house phone rings because now it's just like telemarketers all the time. So yeah. it's just like, it's it why could, do we have it? It could be a kid. You never know. It, that's the only reason why we have it. <laughs> yes. Xfinity presents my house phone, by the way. All right, Rex Bergen joining us. But Nick, I mentioned Nick because Nick, you didn't end up with the Patriots right away, but he evaluates everybody. Right. So I said, we had Nick Casario on, and I said, listen, um, give me a little Rex Burkhead homework <laughs> here. You know, help me do my homework for me. And he said, well, his time at the Combine wasn't as fast as you think it should be, or something like that. I'm paraphrasing. Tell me about that, Rex. Yeah, about my Combine? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't <laughs> that fast. I, I wasn't impressed. Um, I ran better at my pro day. Okay. Um, but I also feel like I've gotten much faster since that time he as said well. And, well he said that too and he yeah. said i think he said four seven at the combine or something like that which look <laughs> jerry rice was a four seven and Quan bolden is a four seven they're among the top wide receivers in history and you're not a wide receiver but hey that's fast enough but how did you increase speed over time Rex? yeah just put in a ton of hard work in the off season um you know really you know got into kind of a track focus doing a lot of track work track mm-hmm. drills um you know meeting with different specialists in the off season and um, you know, also some trainers as well. And so I uh, just really made that a priority. And, uh, you know, I felt like it's it's helped me over my career. And I, you know, felt my fastest the past, you know, couple years. And, you know, I'm in year nine now. So, um, you know, just really just trying to stay on top of that throughout the years. With with the combine, I, al- I always wonder, like, why even run run the 40? Why even do all those at the combine? Why not just wait till your pro day? It seems like guys are just so much more comfortable at their pro day. Is there a pressure to perform at the combine where everyone else is performing, even though you may not put out the best time. Yeah, I I, I don't know honestly. Um, you, you could say that definitely because everyone else is there. You know, all the teams are going to be there, especially if you're you know maybe a smaller school. You may not have mm-hmm. certain teams or coaches coming out to evaluate you at your pro day, and so I definitely understand that pressure going into it. And uh, guys want to just perform to their best, you know, in front of all the lights, in front of everyone. And uh, it is kind of kind of a process there. I mean, you're getting a lot of mental tests, evaluations, waking up early, doing other, you know, with, whether that's MRI or certain tests um, that you have to do. So it can be draining, but uh, at the end of the day, they want to see you perform. How competitive is it at the Combine with other people in your position group? I mean, you guys – you become friends, I would imagine, in some ways, but also you want to beat the other guys. So how does that go down? Right, yeah. No, it uh, it's definitely competitive. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, you got to understand, like, this is a job evaluation. You're competing against these other people for positions, whether that's to get drafted or a position on a team. Um, and so you want to put your best foot forward. And that doesn't matter if it's the bench press, the vertical jump, broad jump. It doesn't matter. Um, you want to go out there and perform to your best. All right, what was it like when you first got to Cincinnati playing for Marvin Lewis, who did a really good job in this league for a long time? I mean, people, some people forget that you know they went to the playoffs a lot. Obviously, difficulty winning a playoff game, but getting there is very tough, as we all know. Yeah, no, it was, uh, it, it was great. You know, a lot of great veteran leadership there. Um, you know, Andy Dalton was our quarterback at the time. Of course, A.J. Green, a receiver. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Cedric Pierman was the veteran. Uh, running back in my room alongside Ben Jarvis Green Ellis. Right. Uh, um, and they were just tremendous to learn under. And, uh, you know, I came in uh, with Giovanni Bernard as well, who's now down in Tem- yeah. Tampa Bay. And so, um, you know, he became a really close friend of mine. And uh, we really just kind of held each other accountable every single day, you know, trying to improve, trying to get better. 
And uh, really my first opportunities came out on special teams. And Darren Simmons, a special teams coach, you know, he's been there a while, one of the best coaches in the league on special teams. And uh, he's like, hey, if you, you're going to make this team by what you do on special teams. And that was kind of like a, oh, shoot, like, you know, I don't know anything about special teams. I'd only done returns in college and okay. high school. And so, uh, you know, just getting with him every single day, you know, learning what to do. Um, he really made that a point for me and really gave me my first opportunity in the league. When I interviewed you in camp, you mentioned something similar about just contributing on special teams and how that's such an important part of what you do. But here you are, it's like week 13, and you're getting the lion's share of carries. Like, your role has changed so much throughout the course of the season. Just the running back's room in general has changed so much. Like, what are your thoughts now looking back and this entire year and, and just – the group as a whole, like we started off with so many running backs and it's just sort of whittled away. And now here you are getting these, the, the, the majority of the carries, what, what that's been like for you this year. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, uh, you know, it's been an up and down year, of course. Um, you know, losing is not easy. It's frustrating. Um, but what has been really cool to see is the development of a lot of guys on our team and just the leadership we have in the locker room. Um, you know, seeing some younger guys step up, like, you know, of course, Brevin last game scoring a touchdown. Uh, Nico Collins, like seeing his progression, uh, you know, a guy, another guy I think who can be really good, Garrett Wallow on special teams. Like, he may not get the highlight plays you see on TV and everything, but he's he's done a tremendous job in my opinion. So uh, just seeing those guys come along and uh, develop has really been a treat. Um, and as a veteran guy, a joy to see. Yeah, I asked Frank Ross last week about the rookies on special teams because it seems like now they've sort of had an adjustment period. And you said the same thing. Like the first time as a rookie, you're getting used to life in the NFL. But a lot of – I guess I didn't know, uh, realize this until Frank pointed this out, that a lot of the rookies on special teams never really played special teams in college. They either focused on just offense or just defense. Like what's the biggest jump on special teams to sort of understand as a rookie? Yeah, Um a lot of it is, you know, technique and then want to, um, you know, there's certain things, um, you know, you maybe you never play a certain position like on punt or whatever. And uh, you have to really understand the coaching from Frank, like this is how we do it. And as long as you do that, then you're going to be in a good position to succeed. And uh, once you understand that and go out and just repeatedly do it and practice it, um, you start to get it down and you get more and more comfortable with it. I remember when I first started playing special teams, like the more and more I did it and learned from the veteran guys, the better I got. And so that was something uh, I was preached to when I was younger, and I think a lot of these younger guys are doing the same. Rex Burkhead joining us on the Ruckers Texans Players Show. Something that Rex says or that we go over in this segment, if you know it in the next segment, you could win a Ruckers gift card. So stay tuned. We'll remind you of this later. There will be a quiz, sort of. All right, so Rex, as a running back, everybody, I don't know if this is true or not, but it sounds good, would love to just take a hand off and take it to the house every time or whatever. But you have other work to do. You have pass protection, you have blitz pickup, that kind of thing. How difficult is it to get good at those things as a running back? Yeah. Um, I mean, it's definitely something you have to learn. I think the biggest thing is pass protections. Um, I think a lot of guys who come into the league may have had like one or two pass protections that they ran in college and right. you get to the NFL and it's, it's not that, you know, you got multiple ones. Um, and so understanding that having that, your eyes in the right position, um, you know, especially based off the calls, whatever you're getting. And uh, you know, it comes with uh, practice and doing it over and over again. And that's something we harp on, um, you know, as an offensive unit. So doing that, 
Um, of course, in the past game as well, versatility is something I've always prided myself in doing, something my dad always preached to me growing up. He's like, hey, the more you can do and, you know, catching the ball in the backfield, the longer you can play. And so I was like, all right, I should probably do that. And so, right. of course, playing seven on seven a ton um, in Texas high school football mm-hmm. helps, um, you know, tremendously. You had a couple, you caught all three of the passes thrown your way in Sunday's game. Do you feel like you're getting more and more involved in the passing game, and how much do you really enjoy that? Yeah, now? yeah, no, I, I definitely enjoy it. Any way I can help out the team, the offense, you know, I'm I'm happy to do so. Um, of course, in the passing game, that's something that's been a strength of mine, um, you know, throughout my career. So anytime I can help out there, um, you know, help whether that's Tyrod or the other receivers out, uh, happy to do that. Were you part of Hard Knocks your rookie year? Were they in town in uh, Cincinnati? I was, yes. Okay, so I forgive me for not remembering, but did you get a lot of time on Hard Knocks, or did you avoid the cameras? How did you handle that? Yeah, no, actually the first, I want to say it was like the first clip of Hard Knocks. It was a, our running back dinner. And so uh, Hugh Jackson was our running back coach at the time, took us mm-hmm. out for dinner. So we're all sitting there at the table. So we definitely had some TV time there early <laughs> on. But I was a guy who tried to stay away from the cameras as much as possible. And so as the show went on, you didn't see us as much. But uh, yeah, Giovanni we, got some airtime. Giovanni sure. did. I think yeah. he had was his, he the one he's with driving the, van? the minivan. The minivan. At the time. I yeah. do remember that. Yeah. yeah I, I still give him crap for that. But yeah, <laughs> it's. Uh, no, Gio's a great dick guy. Of course, there's a lot. We had some characters on there that loved having the cameras around as well. But uh, are they impossible not to notice the cameras, or do you tune them out after a while? After a while, you start to tune them out, and it's okay. just like you're walking through, and it's like, oh, hey, Dave, or whoever, you know, right. what's going on? So let's go about your day. It's you just- it's training camp. It's so crazy. Did you watch the shows when they aired? Did you watch them later? Did you just hear about it? Um, I watched them later. Actually, I didn't watch them as they were going on, and. Uh, it was one of those things you're watching and uh, you see things happen. You're like, oh, so that happened that day. And that, <laughs> yeah. They were doing that. It makes sense. He's on there right Building now. Building in the so, gaps yeah. of your memory, yeah. <laughs> well, it's funny because they were here in 2015. And actually, Mission Control was in this very room we're at right now. And they put a lock on the door. It was like trying to get into an airplane cockpit. Like, there was no way anybody was getting into this room because they have cameras in all the meeting rooms. And you would hear everything if you could get in. Believe me, I tried. So, (laughs) unable to do that. But when you watch the show, and when I watched that show at the time, I, I was thinking... They're going over a lot of stuff that's interesting, but there's a lot of stuff they're missing. Why did they do this story or that story? Do you think of things like that? Uh, yeah, you do. Um, mm-hmm. You wonder why you know certain things, I guess, aren't being hit on or yeah, whatever. Yeah. But uh, you know, it's their show. It's their story. They're going to make it how they want to make it. Right. And, uh, you just got to roll with it. What, what do you was- think of this in-season hard knocks? I was just talking to Lara Overton with the Colts. They're they're dealing with it right now. Mm-hmm. Like in-season, you guys are prepping for games and then have the Well, cameras. we're a part of at least two episodes because the last well, time true. Texas yeah. played <laughs> Indianapolis and this time. Right, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is different. I wonder, you know, how much I guess they're around and stuff. I did see a clip of the other day, I guess, coaches, coaches talking behind scenes and, and everything. I'm like, man, that's got to be interesting mm-hmm. during the season to have that going on. Because I feel like nobody even likes being mic'd up. Right. Ever so, mm-hmm. and now you've got you can't even avoid it. Right. They're around everywhere, and yeah. the, these are not people that work for the team. No, no, you got to be careful. Super careful. <laughs> careful. So you're there with Cincinnati. What was the welcome to the NFL moment for you? Was it a big hit, or was it just something that happened in a game or a practice? What can oh, you tell man. us about? Yeah, that? no, we had a practice. Um, 
you know, I guess it was the Oklahoma drill, which is now banned mm. by the NFL. You can't do that anymore. Um, and then Vontez Perfect was on the other side. Oh, no. Oh. Thanks so, a lot. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I just, you know, made a little move on the blockers. And I was like, oh, this is going to be a free, you know, mm-hmm. you know, run here. And all of a sudden he came out of nowhere. And we just both lowered. And, bang, it was this big old collision. Of course, Vontez, I mean, he's known for big hits. So yep. that was uh, probably my welcome right there. Ouch. Yeah, is that how was he going that hard in practice all the time? I just would always see his I just would see all the penalties in games, but what was he like in practice? <laughs> yeah, no, he was um, you know, he's actually a, a good teammate to me and other guys. Um, mm-hmm. you know, very intelligent player as far as, you know, football X's and O's go and uh, of course just, you know, unbelievable hard hitter and physical uh, guy out there on the field. So some guys like him seem to have a big personality change when they get inside the lines. And and this interests me about players because a lot of you guys are just really super nice outside. And then not that you're not nice, but look, <laughs> there's something that happens to you. What happens to you when you get between the lines? And when does that start up on game day? Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I'm already, like, I don't say a ton, I guess, but on, on game day, I really just try to get into a zone. And so mm-hmm. I just become, you know, so locked in, so keyed in. I really don't say much at all. And so I've always said, if you mic me up, you're not going to get anything. <laughs> I'm not going to be <laughs> saying to much out there at all. So, um, yeah, I just try to get into a zone where all I'm focused about is what's going on in the field, not in the stands or anything around me, um, just my assignments and what I need to do. All right, Rex Burkhead is our guest on the Fuddruckers Texans Player Show. Fuddruckers gift card coming your way next. Also, Rex's trip to the White House. Want to hear about that? His trip to the Patriots. Have to hear about that. And getting back to Texas. More on that. And more on the Colts coming up on Sunday at noon at NRG Stadium. It's the Fuddruckers Texans Player Show on Texans Radio. It's the Fuddruckers Texans Player Show. Mark Vandermeer and D.P. Sidhu with you with Rex Burkhead. And let's give away that Fuddruckers Texans gift card. It's not really a Fuddruckers Texans gift card. It's a Fuddruckers It's just a Fuddruckers card. Yeah, but sure. and I wish they were here right now <laughs> serving up some milkshakes and burgers. But you email to texansradio at houstontexans.com. That's texansradio at houstontexans.com. What was Rex's first team in the NFL? His first team in the NFL was what? Pretty easy. We hit on it a lot in the first segment Get it right first, Texans Radio at HoustonTexans.com, and you're getting a Fuddruckers gift card. All right, Rex, before we get back to your NFL career, I want to get to this because Drew Doherty tipped me off to this, that your dad was at Eastern – is it Eastern Kentucky? Eastern Kentucky. As a coach? A player. As a player. Yes. When Rex Ryan was there as a graduate assistant? He he was a GA at the time, yes, sir. Wow. So Rex Ryan was – talk about hard knocks. I mean, he's one of the great stars in hard knocks history, (laughs) Rex Ryan. Uh, did your dad have any anecdotes of that? Uh, is it one of those like Leo DiCaprio memes when Rex would come on the TV? That's the guy. That's the guy. <laughs> <laughs> what What can you tell us about that? Yeah, I mean, honestly, not too much. Like <laughs> it, it was just one of those things. Like you know, my dad was going to college there. Um, you know, he was uh, you know going to school, going to football. Of course, working at night. You mm-hmm. know, my mom was dealing with me and my older brother at the time, and so. Uh, yeah, he, he really doesn't have, you know, too much to say. He was a nice guy, and they got along well. Um, but it was kind of a, a short memory there, I guess. So yeah. he had you – so you were around when he was playing? Yes. yes. Oh, wow. So young dad. Mm-hmm. Young dad playing young dad. college football with two kids. Two kids, yes, sir. Oh, my gosh, yeah. Yes, well, that does happen. There's no question about it. So that you do you remember that much or – 
Uh, not a whole lot. Not a yeah. whole lot. I was I was pretty young. You know, my older brother probably remembers more than I did. Um, is dad from up there, or is he a Texan? No, they're my uh, mom and my dad are both from the Lexington, Winchester, Kentucky area. Oh. And so, so what yeah. brought them to Texas? Uh, my dad ended up getting a job down here. Okay. In, uh, 1996, and so when I was six years old, uh, we moved down here. Okay, so that's you know. I that's, was living in there. Plano in 1996. Where was your dad working? He, he was in Dallas. He, he was yeah. in Dallas, but we lived in Plano. Um, I lived in Plano in 1996. You did? You did. I did. No, I worked Instruments. for Texas Instruments. Really? Oh, there you go. Yeah. I mean, it T. takes I. up like all of 635 and 75. Yeah. Like that entire intersection. Yeah. All the headquarters. There did you guys? Did you guys make fun of Houston? Because I remember living in Plano, and when I was moving to Houston, everybody said, "Why would you leave this place to live in Houston?" Yeah, like just but, feeling like Dallas the, the is so much greater or something. Yeah, uh, no, I didn't really. No, I think some <laughs> other hardcore Texans may have, or Dallas people, I guess you would say. <laughs> I love them both. Now, I mean, I love Houston more, obviously, but I, I, it's, it's cute. It's cute. Um, maybe that's not what Texans would say to describe it, but the rivalry between the two cities. I mean, now that you've lived in Houston, obviously, it's. It's so different from Plano. Yeah. Yeah, no, it, it is. Um, you know, Houston's big. I mean, it's like you got multiple, you know, metropolitan areas and everything. Mm-hmm. But uh, I've definitely enjoyed it while I've been here. Did you grow up a Cowboy fan? Because you moved to Texas when you were six. Oh, so they, they got you. Uh, <laughs> they got him early. A oh. fan. He's at yeah. prime age. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Very impressionable. It's okay. <laughs> there were no Texans around back then either, though, in his defense. That's true. That's true. That's true. true. That's true. All right, so, Rex, you end up in New England with the Patriots. What's it like getting there and being part of that organization at the time? Yeah, um, you know, they had just come off a uh, Super Bowl win against Atlanta. Um, so going in right away, I mean, there's high expectations from day one, you know, trying to get back there again, um, you know, and do it all over. And, of course, you know, Tom Brady leading the helm at quarterback mm-hmm. and then Coach Belichick, you know, just unbelievable getting to learn after those guys and under those guys and um, just seeing how they operate every single day, um, you know, going in there. You know, understanding like you're fighting for your job. Like, you know, this isn't just a day where you go out there, go through the motions. Like, no, it's, you know, attention to detail, harping on little things to make sure when you go out there and perform, you're doing it at the highest level possible. And so, um, you know, getting to learn under Matthew Slater, you know, on the special team mm-hmm. side. And, um, you know, Brandon Bolden in the backfield had been there a while. James White, uh, you know, also. Brandon Bolden's still there. He's still there, yeah. And so, um, yeah, it's just a Great time, great experience, of course. You know, got to play in two Super Bowls, won one of those. Um, only two, huh? Okay. Only two only while two. I was there, yeah. He's young. <laughs> I'm still trying to get to one, Rex, uh, but that's great. <laughs> well, What was it like being in the huddle with Tom Brady? I mean, you'd obviously seen him play before you got there. Was there a little bit of a, like, like I mean, I don't want to say starstruck just, because you're a professional. A but... factor, yeah. No, I mean, of course, at first, yeah. I mean, just, you know, I had so much respect for him, you know, just what he's accomplished, how he's done it, and so – uh, but once you start playing, going through the daily day uh, routine, you know, that kind of mm-hmm. goes away. And it's like, OK, let's talk about, you know, what we need to do on this next play to, you know, improve something we may have uh, made a mistake on. And so um, but just seeing him, you know, how he takes care of his body every single day and what he does to, you know, get in that peak performance is uh, was pretty special to be under. All right, so your life intersects with the Texans a couple of times here. Your second-to-last game with the Bengals was right here on Christmas Eve, and I know that night didn't go well for Cincinnati, 12-10 Texans victory. We always remember it fondly as a night the Texans clinched the AFC South. 
But then at the Greenbrier, you're on that trip, right? Yes, Practicing against yes. the Texans at the Greenbrier in 2017. Mm-hmm. And we saw Tom Brady after practice, and he was maybe the only one still out there, and he's working out with these bands and his knees, and he's working on footwork and everything. And I thought, well, that's why he's the greatest of all time. Right. So that has to have an effect on you as a player when you see stuff like that. Yeah, definitely. Um you know, I, I sat right behind him in meetings, and he always has a little electrolyte drink. You know, sit yeah. right from him at the same time every single day, and I'm like, man, like, he, he's dialed in, like, all yeah. the time. He's got it down to a science. And so, um, yeah, having him, of course, Coach Belichick, you know, just raising my game to a new level, mm-hmm. you know, really just, um, you know, making sure he knows how to bring out the best in you. And just harping on those little details, like I said, was – you know, a treat to have and this, um, you know, understanding, like I thought I was a smart football player, you know, going there, but there's also another level to it all. And, right. Uh, you know, he brought that out for me. Now, I, I read somewhere that Bill Belichick every now and then he'll, in his team meetings, he'll bring up like instances from history or things that have nothing to do with football and sort of relate them to the week. Do you, do you remember stuff like that? Yeah. From your time there? Like what was something that really stands out to you that, that presented? Yeah, he would. Um, you know, of course he would go through some like football history stuff from way back in the day, which was really cool. And he, uh, it's crazy how he remembers like every player who's ever played the game and every mm-hmm. stat they've mm-hmm. ever had. Like it's, it's crazy. And then, uh, you know, of course he would do, um, you know, some United States history stuff where that was about some owners we were playing against and like how, how they end up, um, you know, getting into the NFL business or whatever. Wow. And then, uh, you know, if we had Veterans Day or Memorial Day, he would, you know, have someone come up and kind of talk about it and then give, of course, his spill on it. So, um, yeah, it, it was pretty cool to see, you know, just how knowledgeable he was about everything and not just football. It feels what? like press conference, Bill, is completely different <laughs> yeah. from whatever you're seeing behind closed doors yeah yeah no he he, i mean he was he was awesome to play for Mm -hmm. um you know of course he would throw in his jokes here and there they're quite hilarious what you may not get at his press conferences i heard he's sneaky funny why do you think he did why do you think he wanted you guys to learn about things other than football why do you think it was important for him to like present all the i'm fascinated by this because i just feel like did you think he just loved it so much or did he just want you guys to be well-rounded like in the affairs of the world. Yeah, no, I think, uh, I mean, of course he loves it. Um, no question about it, but I think just maybe, um, getting from where that's some morals or mindset pieces from these stories or these things he's telling us about and, uh, you know, kind of relaying that to football, you know, I could be completely wrong here. It could be, you know, something he just wanted to teach us about. <laughs> just want to talk about um, veterans day today. Right? Yeah. And so, but I, I think he just wanted to show, you know, there's bigger things, you know, going out there in the world, um, these people are, you know, fighting for our country if he's talking about Veterans Day, and we should be thankful uh, for the freedoms we have. How do you see yourself here? I mean, obviously, you got here a little bit later than some of the other guys, right? But you're here now, and as DP said, the carries are upping, and, and you've been a part of this thing since camp. No question about that. Do you see yourself as a leader here? Do you feel not pressure to do that, but an obligation, a, a, a sense of duty, if you will, to be a leader here? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, being – uh, year nine now, um, you know, a veteran in the running back room, you know, the oldest guy in the running back room right. now. And so um, it's definitely something I see as a responsibility, something I, I like doing. And, um, you know, getting to these younger guys and kind of showing them the way and, um, you know, not just talking about it, but doing it, whether that's out on the practice field and mm-hmm. meetings, you know, um, showing up early, taking notes, you know, really trying to get everyone on the same page. Like that's something I feel like I should do. And um, if we can continue to do that and continue to develop these younger players, then I think you're going to see some good progress. 
You uh, mentioned veterans on the team. You and Danny Amendola, your guys' paths have crossed several times. Like you both back in Texas. You guys overlapped in New England as well. Am we I did, correct? Yes. And then and then what's it like being back here? Because he's another leader of the team, even though he showed up late. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's great to just have his presence. I mean, one of the toughest teammates I've ever played with. Just loves the game of football. Um, you know, his story is unbelievable, of course, as well. Just mm-hmm. how he's, you know, fought through to make the teams early on. And now, of course, you know, you know, just been a tremendous player in this league for a long time. And so having him around to really, you know, show the younger guys, you know, whether that's in the receiver room or just on the team, like how to be a pro every single day has been really special. Rex Burkhead joining us. More with Rex. We'll talk about the Colts and a bunch of other stuff when we wrap on the Fuddruckers Texans Players Show here on Texans Radio. Mark Vandermeer, DP City with you on the Fuddruckers Texans Players Show. Our guest tonight is Rex Burkhead, and it's been really fun to visit with you, Rex. All right, you have the Colts coming in. I know last time it didn't go well, but you were right there with them for a long time. You look at the final score, it doesn't tell the whole story. Offensively, I know you guys want to run the ball better. I know you want to run the ball, so... Uh, tell us what that takes, trying to improve in that category. Yeah, um, execution. I mean, it's what it comes down to, uh, especially, you know, just the little details where that's, you know, me as a running back, you know, seeing my keys better, having better footwork, you know, or the linemen in the run game or, you know, receivers, tight ends, you know, making sure they're doing what they can on their blocks. So uh, really it's just, it comes down to executing, like I said, doing yeah. that. And uh, if we can establish that run game, um, that's always going to help us out. You guys move the ball so well in the first half, it seems like. You had those two back-to-back touchdown drives. And then in the second half, it's just been tough skidding for the last few weeks. How do you guys make those adjustments from first to second half and, and sort of get the ball moving again in the second half now moving forward? Yeah, um, you know, really just, just looking at that. If, you know, all of a sudden the defense, you know, makes some adjustments that, uh, you know, we possibly may have to change to, um, just doing that and making sure we're on our keys, um, you know, really just, you know, the mental side of the game. And uh, like I said, execution, I don't want to keep saying it, but yeah. it's really what it comes down to. And if you don't do that, you're not going to put yourself in a position to succeed. And, uh, you know, really starts on first and second down, too. Like if you're, you know, not getting many yards on first and second down, you're, then all of a sudden you're in third and long. Well, it's tough to convert, you know, first downs when you're in third and long. All right, so you've been around about a decade. When you see the rookies coming in and the way they are on social media and everything like that, what is your reaction to that? Because it's not like you're completely foreign to that world either, but you're a little bit older, all right? You know, maybe a notch up a little ab- bit, yeah. above that demographic. <laughs> so it, what do you think of all that, and how do you digest it? Yeah. Um, I mean, it's something. I'm, I'm the biggest poster on, you know, Instagram right. and, you know, Twitter and all that, but I do occasionally. Mm-hmm. Um but with some of the younger guys that coming in, like it's a whole every thought, a whole yeah, it's like everything's got to be, you know, they're all walking around like this, yeah. and so, um, you know, it, it can be used in a good way. That's mm-hmm. a, what I like to, you know, say or tell these younger guys, like use it in a good way, you know, and understand, um, you know, you have a platform and use right. that in a positive way. You know, don't just go out there tweeting some, you know, bad stuff or whatever. And count so, to ten, yeah, count to ten <laughs> before you tweet it out, and so. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely a different game than when I first came in. 
You are on social media, not a ton, but how often are you on social media during the season? Like, do you see what's out there? Do you try to stay off of it? Have you changed yeah. your mindset on social media? Yeah, no, I like I'll get on definitely just to see. You know, you get a lot of news from there as well, and so mm-hmm. this, you know, hopefully it's the true news or whatever. <laughs> you know. Take it for what it's worth. Yeah, yeah. and so um, you know, I definitely try to just stay on top of other topics that are going out there, and a lot of it does come from there. So. A little bit here and there, but not a ton. All right, so do you watch TV? Are you a cord cutter? Do you stream exclusively, or how do you handle your TV viewing? TV viewing? Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, He's got kids. I got kids. Oh, so a, lot a lot of cartoons. Little Einstein. Oh, yeah. And, little uh, Einstein's Mickey good. Mickey Mouse Clubhouse, Paw Patrol. All that. Oh, Paw Patrol, please. <laughs> no. no more Paw we just got out of that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> oh, all right. I got a good one for you. Pup Academy on Netflix. Okay. Is, all right, so it's, it's real life action and the dogs talk and they speak very well <laughs> right for mind, dogs i don't mind my kid well I, these dogs have outstanding articulation uh, so <laughs> i'm Important. thinking yeah. i think th- this is a good show but but you don't you and your wife don't binge watch anything no netflix oh, or amazon man, we, whatever we, we haven't in a while we were we watched yellowstone for a little bit okay. yeah. um ted lasso was a show oh, oh yeah. yeah that was that was great we love that show. Should I be watching Yellowstone? I really uh... I've heard of Yellowstone from several players now. Really? Yeah, I haven't I haven't caught up to that. But I did, I did watch yeah. Ted Lasso. It's too many streaming services. There, you got to get the so Apple Plus, now. then you got to yeah. get the Hulu, oh, then you got to get yeah. the um the Netflix. It's just a lot. Do you watch live TV at all or network television? Network te- I mean, if it's a football game or something right. like that, yeah. Well, how much honest, how much yeah. football are we watching at home, Rex? Because you do have the kids, and it's very difficult sometimes to Yeah, lock we in. get those Monday night games, those mm-hmm. Thursdays, once the kids are down, you know, yeah. then we'll turn it on, but usually not up for that much longer after. <laughs> Does this league blow you away? It feels like every primetime game comes down to the wire. might not be the best or prettiest game in the world, but it feels like every game goes down to the wire. It's like maybe one out of five is not very good. Right. Yeah, I mean, everyone's just trying to play their top ball when the lights are on, I guess. But why Why is the league like that, in your opinion? You know, you've been around for a while, and it just feels like everything is so even. And even when you were with the Patriots, it's not like you blew everybody out. You know, you yeah. won a ton of games, but a lot of close games. And you played in that Super Bowl where it was 13-3, to right? Uh, yeah, I did, yes. Yeah, I mean, yeah. You, that's a super close game. People thought, ah, it's not a good Super Bowl, but I'm sure you felt differently being part of that. Yeah. And, and being able to touch the Lombardi Trophy, right, right, absolutely, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's the NFL. I mean, anything could happen every single week. Um, you know, these are the best players in the world, best coaches in the world. Mm-hmm. So you got to be ready. And um, whether you're the top dog or the underdog, uh, you got to go out there and play the best of your ability every single week. How was your off season leading up to you signing with the Texans last year? Yeah, so uh, a lot of it was ACL rehab. You know, of course, mm-hmm. tore my ACL actually down here last year. Right. And so, uh, you know, really getting that back and going again, getting as strong as possible. Um, you know, I was up at Exos up in Frisco, had a tremendous uh, trainer there in Justin Newman, uh, who was actually with the Texans for a little bit. And so uh, he just did a great job, you know, programming, um, you know, getting me back into a position where I could go into training camp and, uh, you know, go out there and start practicing. And, uh, you know, we did that. I was able to go from day one. Of course, it was limited at first. Uh, but just continued to get better and better and, you know, still throughout the season, um, just getting more and more comfortable. That's phenomenal because it was about a year ago and you've been playing a bunch already. So that's that's tremendous rehab. Yeah, yeah no, it, it was. It's uh, definitely not an easy process, especially at first. Um, 
you know, but I was fortunate to have some other guys around me. Um, you know, they were kind of going through similar okay. things as well. And support so each other. We'd push each other, you know, every mm-hmm. single day. All right. Well, Rex, thanks so much for the visit. We appreciate it very much. Good luck against the Colts. Absolutely. Thank you, guys. All right. There's Rex Burkhead joining us on the Fuddruckers Texans Player Show. It's Texans and Indianapolis at NRG Stadium Sunday at noon. Some tickets available at HoustonTexans.com, and it's live right here and on the Bull 100.3. Texans All Access coming your way next here on Texans Radio.